In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Our first reading this weekend comes from the book of Deuteronomy. It's a difficult word to spell, and it means copy of the law, or second law, which accurately describes the intention of the book, a further expansion upon the law given to Moses. The particular issue at hand in our first reading is that of prophets. Prophets were a part of the societal makeup back then, and false prophecy was a real issue at the time. Our excerpt will try to give a ruling and instruction on how to distinguish between real prophets and false prophets. The test on if a prophet is true or false is two-part. Moses says at the beginning of our first reading, A prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kin. Here we see the two requirements which were decided upon, that the prophet, one, be like Moses, speaking and prophesying in line with what Moses taught, and two, be from among your own kin, that is, that he be an Israelite. Moses continues that this is exactly what the Israelites asked for on the day of the assembly, when they said, Let us not again hear the voice of the Lord our God. This reference is back to when the Lord's glory appeared on Mount Sinai in Exodus 19. The people recognize their need for a mediator who can stand between them and God, because otherwise, as they said, if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, we shall die. But in all of this, take note that our first reading places all of the action on what God is doing. He's the one taking the initiative and in raising up the prophet. God says, I will raise up for them a prophet and put my words into his mouth. We pick up right where we left off from last weekend with our second reading. Understanding Paul's words to the Corinthians here demands that we put this reading in the same context. As we heard last weekend, I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. Now, it's possible that the Corinthians, in an earlier correspondence to Paul, asked him, Hey Paul, is it better to marry or not marry? And given Paul's impression that the time is running out, expecting Jesus to return soon, he responds to the question with our second reading. An unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, but a married man is divided. We can say theologically, Paul sees no issue with marriage. Of course, without it, the human race would not continue. But practically speaking, since he mentions that the time is running short, the arguments for remaining unmarried are stronger since it involves less anxiety and distraction. We see Jesus enter a synagogue and teach at the beginning of our gospel reading this weekend. The custom of designated preachers at worship services each weekend, as we know today, didn't exist back then. It wasn't the case that, as a Jew in the first century was on his way to the synagogue, he knew that Rabbi Simon, for example, was always going to be the only one getting up in front of everyone to offer a reflection on Scripture. Rather, just about anyone could be invited to give a commentary. This is likely how Jesus is able to begin teaching, and with authority, as we hear. Mark doesn't focus on what Jesus teaches, but rather he focuses on the effect of his teaching. The authority of Jesus' teaching is demonstrated by the exorcism that takes place. Interestingly enough, the words of the evil spirit to Jesus, what have you to do with us, are arranged in exactly the same grammatical fashion as when Jesus speaks to his mother Mary at the wedding feast of Cana. There, he said, how does your concern affect me? It was likely a common expression at the time, sort of like how New Yorkers are famous for saying, you talking to me? The evil spirit in our gospel uses the first-person plural when speaking to Jesus. Have you come here to destroy us? 
As a literary device, this sets the stage for what will transpire over the subsequent chapters in Mark's Gospel. In saying, have you come to destroy us, the evil spirit is already teasing what the plot of Mark's Gospel will be throughout the rest of the story. Yes, Jesus has, in fact, come to destroy them, and will as the story unfolds. Lastly, we are introduced to the scribes in this story. Jesus teaches as one having authority and not as the scribes. And perhaps when I say the word scribe, what comes to mind is the image of a front desk receptionist or a medieval monk copying manuscripts in a dimly lit room. Yet a scribe at the time of Jesus was much more like a biblical scholar or a lecturer. They were esteemed for their ability to interpret scripture. Such a profession will clash with the way that Jesus interprets the scriptures and preaches on the kingdom of God. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Sunday, the fourth Sunday in ordinary time of year B. If Sunday setup helps you better prepare for Sunday Mass, be sure to please spread the word and share this podcast with a friend. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.